All right, back here on the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark, producer, spin the one and twos, 877-37-GRIND is your number. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a dose, and we are broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. 877-37-GRIND. All right, I'm going to get to, we got some more comments coming into Facebook Live. I'll get to those here shortly, but let me jump into this game uh, so we can move on here. Um Denver, like I said in the opening, they broke another streak. Um, it's been the year of the streak busting uh, for this new coaching staff. Uh, they are victorious in L.A., 24-7. It's their first division road win since 2015. Now, that's, that's a lot of losing, man. 2015. Now, granted, I don't. It might put an asterisk on it because I don't know if that was really a road game last night. I mean, come on. I mean, L, the, the, before I get to the game, the Spano family and the Chargers should just be embarrassed. It, it's a bad. I've been saying this. This is the reason why I've had this take before, but I'll say it again. This is the reason why I've always, even though I couldn't really stand him playing. Okay, he's got like twenty kids. I always tell AC, like, man, why do you ever say nothing about Phillip Rivers' kids or whatever? And you all the future, but oh, because they're about the same. They're all the same way. Like, oh, now you're playing. Now, now you're talking about us like that. That's why I've always given Phillip Rivers a pass for not having a ring because he's got bad ownership. It's never going to work in L.A. with the Chargers. It's not working. It, there, it, it's too much going on. I mean, I said it earlier. You've got the Lakers. You've got the Clippers. You've got uh, USC. You got. They're never going to have a fan base. They're never going to have a home field advantage. They're never going to have a. And, and I'm and I like Hibbert. You know, I was tough on him coming out of Oregon, but he's you know he's played hurt most of the season. He's he's having to over try to overcome bad coaching and a bad coaching staff. But they, the Spano family, I don't know what they're going to do. Because it ain't working, and it's never going to work. That was an embarrassment to have that sea of orange in that stadium where I basically saw defensive players of Denver telling the crowd to get louder. I mean, you, you, you have to wonder if Staley practiced silent count for a home game. Now, with that said, let's get to the Denver side of things. Uh, this is like five, the six out of seven games they won. Um. Look, before I get into, because there's still some things that are concerning to me, but I want because I've been meaning to talk about this young man, but I want to give him his flowers, and that's Jaquan McMillan, cornerback for Denver. He's playing a slot a lot. Look, there's been some good corners that's come through the years of Denver, and that maybe not get the limelight like Champ Bailey, Patrick Sertain. You know, we've had there have been some good ones. You know, Chris Harris was undrafted. He was part of that no-fly zone. McMillan, this guy, his IQ is high, and he's around the ball all the time, and this is a diamond in the rough they didn't found, and he's young. I mean, if I'm not mistaken, I think this is his rookie year. I mean, he's out of East Carolina. They, they've got some young pieces. I don't. I still don't think this roster is that talented, but they've got they've got some young pieces, especially defensively wise, that are really really have the potential of being special. Cooper is going to be a beast. He's on the end. You know, I, I can see now after three or four games, why they told Randy Gregory, "Ah, no, nah, we shouldn't brought you anyway," and told Clark to kick rocks. They're constantly getting pressure, and you got to give a lot of credit to Vance Joseph. Okay. Um, look, 
you know, they're one game out of the AFC West top spot. They're not going to get it because, you know, they would need to continue a debacle. I've already looked at all this. They need a, They would need a debacle by Kansas City in the last few weeks because, again, th- their lack of conference wins is going to come back and bite them in the ass when we get to, t- you know, tiebreakers. Um, but just think about this. This is a team that was one in five that sits one game. If they beat Houston last week, they're tied right now in first place with the, what transpired at Arrowhead, which we'll get to there shortly. Um, I've told y'all for weeks – Wherever the chips fall this season, I'm good because next year, because I already I see it. And this is goes back to another listen. If you don't think coaching, this is the same particularly roster for the exceptions of a couple guys that were there last year. Same quarterback. And look at the difference. I mean, the, the I mean, it, it's just the whole mentality of the win, the winning and the culture and the way they're doing it defensively. Um, that's two straight division games, Sean, and one. Under this regime, beat Kansas City, beat that. I told you what's more important to me if I put my rooting interest hat on is, yes, it'd be nice to make the playoffs, but no one thought they would be here at one and five. I surely didn't. But the main one is that week 18. That's one streak that's need to be broken. They stopped the Kansas City streak. They've got a division road win. Okay, they they have also another chance to finish with a winning record for the first time since 2015, since the Super Bowl. There's a lot of things that he's doing that's a little bit ahead of schedule, in my opinion. So um, that's the reason why I knew it was a big deal once there was an adult in the division besides Andy Reid. Because I'll tell you right now, what's going on with Kansas City? Because like they better do what they can this year. Because I don't think Kansas City's going anywhere, but they're not running that division anymore. Because they've got somebody that's competent in that division that is building what it takes to build from top to bottom. Okay? Now, with that said... Jerry Judy needs to change the scenery, man. He really does. Um, I know I've said it before. That's family roll tide. I said in a real time, you're more worried about trying to celebrate and what celebration you got where they teach you that in class 5A in high school in 6A and in seven on sevens. Drag the feet, man. Like you, 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 you complain and you pout from week to week because your number's not called and you're not getting the touches and there's not the chemistry there. And then you get the opportunity for twice in that game. Now, on the first one, Rusk a little bit could have thrown, could have been a little bit better, kind of let him out of bounds. Judy's got to make that catch. But the one in the end zone in a game like that, where first of all, Denver is a work in progress in their red zone offense, it's a hit and miss. So when you get that opportunity and Russ puts it there and you're thinking you got the guy beat and you don't drag your foot. And I loved and that's the difference when you got a guy, a coach that has that moxie, that has that resume. When you can go when when the camera showed, when he walked right up to Judy and coaching him and telling, hey, this that you don't care if he gets sensitive or whatever. There's something like you supposed to make that play. And you could tell in the press conference, Sean got kind of irritated toward the end when you got reporters down there and they would say, hey, well, what about Judas? He's like, look, he's going to get his touches. And Sean said he had two opportunities a day and just left it at that. I still believe he's going to be traded at, at, in, at the draft in April or before. I, I think part of keeping him on was they, they weren't just going to give him away. I think Sean also knew he needed as many pieces as he could that was talented because it's not really a talented deep roster, and that's why he stayed on. But the you know going in that fifth year and the money that's given to Cortland, 
And who's to say Cortland Sutton ain't going to be like, hey, man, can we, can we negotiate? And I tell Cortland, like, pump the brakes, man. But, I mean, in Tim Patrick, you, those two got the contract with Judy. I mean, they're a run team. They're a run team and defensively, and that's the reason why I would be very surprised. And he can make, he'll make some plays here and there, but the consistency, and be honest with you, that's why I think there's no chemistry between him and Russ because I don't think it, Russ is going to tell you PC every time there's a camera in front of him. He's very calculated, but I think personally really what it is, he doesn't trust Judy. Like Cortland has built up that trust from work. From 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 time together, like like conversation as Russ says about ball. I don't think Judy. I don't think he looks to Judy and 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 that way because I don't think Judy has earned his respect. Truthfully, in my opinion, there's no sources that says that, but has earned his trust to really be looking to feed him. That was terrible yesterday. Just bad, you know. And this is the first, and, and I'm not ready to call Judy a bust. I, I, I got to see him with a different team and a different atmosphere in a different city. Sometimes that just happens to guys. Okay. Sometimes that just happens to guys to where, you know, you, you just don't work in that city. Reminds me, I like the Red Sox. I think they had, what was it, Crawford outfielder? It, it just didn't work there for him. And he was a hell of a player, but he just couldn't mess with the city. The and Sometimes that happens. Um, it's still a concern, this third quarter stuff and coming out of the locker room. Um, this game started the same way that Houston did, and I'm just thinking, like, uh, run the ball. You know, it don't have to come out passing, but they were able to defense. And, again, Staley, they were 0 for, like, 5 on fourth down yesterday. And he has an opportunity of a team that's fighting for their playoff loss, speaking of the L.A. Chargers, and he's playing against a defense that's been playing pretty damn good football over the last six, seven weeks. But three points, you, you leave six points on the field because you want to just go for it. You just want to go for it. Like you get, they, they gave you a turnover to open the game or their series to give it right back. They sent you almost three and out. They get the ball. They give it right back. And you don't at least put three points on the, ball, the board. That is just a mess in L.A. It really is. And, and we're going to find out what kind of time. We're going to find out how loyal Justin Hibbert is. That's what we're going to do. We're going to find. I wouldn't be surprised come this offseason or here soon. I know they just gave him a contract. They, hey, man, I, I want out. Eventually, that's going to happen with somebody. You got to let me know who you bringing in here. Now, Staley, in the same breath, Justin Hibbert's the only reason why Staley got a job. There's two reasons. He's the only reason why he stayed on because he vouched for him at the end of the season. Number two, the Spano family, they cheap as hell. They won the cheapest organizations in the league. And it shows. You get what you pay for. They're an aging team. Okay. Bosa's hurt again this season. Khalil Mack has had a little decent season on the cool considering his age. Keenan Allen is long in the tooth. He still makes plays, but they're an older team. They're an older team. And, and uh, that them in L.A., it's never working. It's never working. They dropped the ball. They should have beat Mark Davis to the Vegas. They didn't do it. And now they're playing tenant to Kroenke, who decided who bought the land. That is a bad ran organization. 877-37 grind. Now, Denver up next. They go to Detroit. And I told y'all weeks ago that was the only game on the schedule down the stretch that I thought that was not winnable. The rest of them I thought was 50-50. They were going to continue to play like they were. Now you've got Detroit leaking oil. But I think you're still going in the Lions' den. It's a primetime game Saturday. And you're going in the Lions' den, and they're wounded. And you look at, the, and you look at it, 
I mean, Green Bay, all of a sudden, when I thought this division was maybe just all of a sudden just wrapped up and go, Green Bay goes and beats the Giants tonight. Next thing you know, they're staring. They're about to walk down Minnesota. And next thing you know, there's the Detroit. Now, I do believe this is part of a young team, but the real centerpiece of that, and this is something that's going to make this matchup interesting as Denver goes in there, is Jared Goff has hit a wall with turnover. He is turning the ball over at a hell of a clip. I don't know if he just woke up and realized, like, damn, I'm really Goff, you know. And then all of a sudden, he just digressed. I mean, because this is the golf we thought we were going to get last year while they were going to be playing with a new quarterback, rookie quarterback this year. But, he, you know, he kind of pushed it off. And you know what I think it has to do with no one's talking about? It's that pressure knowing that that contract's supposed to be coming, that you're supposed to be playing for a new one. And guys start playing. He's pressing, man. But Detroit, is. this is another team that's different at home. We talk about Dallas and the way they dominate, you know, at home on the road. Detroit – Golf in cold weather, forget about it. He sucks in cold weather. He, I mean, he played at Cal. Uh, I think he grew up in Southern Cal. I don't know, but I know he played football at Cal. He can't play. He was drafted by the Rams, Dome. He can't play in cold weather. I mean, it was windy in Chicago. That played, that played a factor, too, and I don't know how that's going to play out when you play in the NFC North. But Denver going to Detroit, this is going to be a tough game for them, but if I honestly feel, I still feel that commander's game is going to come back to bite them in the ass. Um, you know, that 23 to 3, whatever they were. Now they went out 11 wins. That's probably gonna put them in, but we'll see. But I think if they can beat Detroit, there's a good chance they can win out on the schedule. And I think I think that puts them in because the other teams that are seven and six, I don't I think Denver has the best chance to get to eleven wins out of everybody else that's in that pack because of their schedule on the back end. You know, they're going to see this Charger team that's going to be without Hibbert. Hibbert's seeing a, a, a hand specialist. Why are you – shut him down for the year. It's over. That will let me know all I need to know about the Spano family as well, too, if they trot Hibbert back out. He's already been playing with that index situation on his non-throwing hand. Shut him down. They'll get the backup again in two weeks at home. They've got the Raiders in week 18. They got New England mixed, mixed in there, which New England's defense is going to come with it, but that's a Denver – they beat Detroit. They got a good look at this at, at running the table at 11 and getting to 11 wins. But we'll see how it plays out. But, yeah, still some concerns with what's coming out of the third quarter and halftime. I still don't understand why they keep deferring the ball because they're not getting that double dip score that New England made uh, famous. And Jerry Judy, I'm I, I, again, I, I, he's, he needs a change of scenery, man. He, he needs a change of scenery. That, that was embarrassing yesterday. That was embarrassing for him. not to, And then to celebrate. I mean, come on. 877-37-GRIND. Rudy Perez is checking in with us on Facebook Live. Uh, he says, both leagues, AFC and NFC, have so much parity, the league is even playing field. Um, I'm going to disagree. I'm going to agree with you, but also disagree with you, Rudy Perez. And let me tell you why. Um, I had this conversation with my barber on Saturday, which he's a Dallas homer, you know, of course, you know. Um I still look at the NFC as top heavy. You will be shocked. And anybody, and I will be totally shocked. Anybody would be shocked. If the Super Bowl representative doesn't come out of Dallas, the 49ers of Philly, you're going to be shocked. There's one dark horse in this Detroit, but they leaking oil down the stretch in Ford Field. No pun intended. When you say the NFC, when you don't just look at the records, because I, because I still say it's top heavy. NFC got top teams that beat up on bad teams in the NFC. 
And then when they play with the, then when they play against each other, 49ers are the only one that has d- d- uh, delivered a beat down on Philly and Dallas. They only want to say it. they all beat on bad teams. And the AFC, you don't know who the hell's coming. I don't care who gets in the tournament. You don't know who's coming out of the AFC this year. There's no Baltimore looks promising because they look like them or Miami's got dead red for number one. You know, we don't know. The Rams went in there yesterday and I've got to again tip my hat to uh, Sean McVay and give an apology. Sean McVay and this Rams team was supposed to be competing for the number two, number one overall pick this year. According to people like myself and other McVay is coaching his ass off and he showed me and I've got to apologize to him, too, because I said, I don't know if Sean McVay can handle a rebuild. I thought, you know, that 20 million dollars a year from Amazon they were giving him maybe take Sean is really proven to me. I'm more impressed with what he's doing with this team than I did what he did when he won the Super Bowl. That's a game they could have won last yesterday in Baltimore. Baltimore been skull drugging people at home. Came up a little short, though. But the AFC, Rudy, you're right, because the AFC, all the anybody can beat anybody in the AFC. You don't know who anybody tells you they know who's coming out of the AFC to go to the Super Bowl. They lying. Eight seven seven three seven grind. You listen to the sports grind. Today's show is being presented by Dosekis. Get a dose. We are broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. We'll be back. Texas summers can get hot, but now they're blazing with the new Zing Zang Blazing Bloody Mary mix. The latest addition to the Zing Zang lineup brings the same great bold and delicious taste that you already know, only much hotter. Shake things up with Zing Zang Blazing Bloody Mary mix made with premium ingredients and crafted for a bold and savory taste, whether with your favorite vodka or with the pre-mixed ready-to-drink cans. Zing Zang, America's favorite Bloody Mary and an official sponsor of the sports grind. Please Zing Zang responsibly. For more than a century, the Pendleton Roundup has defined what it means to be a cowboy. It also gave life to something equally renowned, Pendleton Whiskey, capturing that unique spirit in every bottle and honoring the enduring legacy of the American West. Pendleton Whiskey is made with the finest northern grains and cut with Mount Hood Glacier water, a whiskey that celebrates the cowboy in all of us. That's Pendleton Whiskey. That's true Western tradition. Pendleton is the official whiskey of the PBR Tour. Pendleton Distillers, Lawrenceburg, Indiana. Please drink responsibly. Pendleton Whiskey, official sponsor of the sports grind. Are you moving around the greater San Antonio area? Choose the storage experts. Tiger Moving and Storage. Whether you're moving an office or the whole family, Tiger Moving and Storage offers container drop-off and delivery with efficient, prompt, and cost-effective service. To learn more and to secure your portable storage container today, go to ChooseTiger.com. Tiger Moving and Storage, official sponsor of the sports grind. All right, back here on the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark, producing Spin the One and Twos. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis, and we are broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. And this next segment is going to be sponsored by Pendleton Whiskey. Pendleton Whiskey is an oak barrel aged whiskey distilled in Canada using the finest ingredients before bottling glacier-fed spring waters added from Mount Hood, Oregon's highest peak. Keep in mind, Pendleton Whiskey is the official spirit of the Pro Rodeo Cowboy Association, and it's the official whiskey of the Professional Bull Riding Tour, which is the Velocity tour and don't forget it's the official whiskey of the sports grind and official sponsor of the sports grind eight seven seven three seven grind all right so the next game up on the docket to talk about is the one that had the 
the most people talking about it today uh, with semi of a controversial finish, I guess if you want to call it that, uh, is the Kansas City Chiefs who saw the Buffalo Bills go into Arrowhead and win 20 to 17 and send Kansas City to their second straight loss. And already, um, let me see what that puts, their fifth loss on the season. Um, we can cut straight to the chase because it was just, um, it was one of those games that was just waiting for the guys who you wait on to make plays to try to win this game and who was going to have the ball last, who was going to make the, you know, the least amount of state, the mistakes. So it's not really that much to break down besides just getting to the chase of everything and the play at the end uh, with Travis Kelsey, uh, you know, game on the line, Patrick Mahomes throws it to him. And at that point, which we've seen Travis, I've seen him before threaten like he is going to throw it, but he's never really thrown it that I've seen. I said he hasn't done it before. Uh, but then he throws it over to their receivers, uh, Mr. Tony. Kaderis Tony. Um, to me, listen, I'm going to have the same message that I had last Monday coming here, coming in here after the game at Lambeau in Green Bay. I'm going to address Chiefs Kingdom once again because there's a few of y'all that get in my timeline and my DMs, no more than Casey Rob, but there's a few of y'all. I'm not hearing anything with officials, man, when it comes to the Chiefs. I'm not. They've got the benefit of the whistle and circumstances over the years through this run. Um, I've never played into that because, you know, I don't believe in buying into that in the fish or conspiracy theory or nothing like that. But the reality is that is their reputation amongst fanatics, fans across the league. I see it on social media. Um, and just from the standpoint that I've never said, but I know because I mean, I've been watching Patrick since he came in the league, uh, especially in the, being playing in the AFC West and with Andy Reid. You know, refs sometimes get caught up with Patrick Mahomes watching him scramble and try to make plays, and they're missing holding calls while Patrick is running around left and right. So I'm going to stay consistent with this. I don't want to have hear anything about the officiating when it comes to Kansas City. Okay. Now, with that said, let's talk about the call. He was offsides, man. He lined up offsides. And the reality of it is he was way offsides. And I think the overreaction from the Chiefs and some of their fan base is they act like the flag was thrown after Tony crossed the touchdown end zone, in the end zone, crossed the line in the end zone. It was thrown once that play was snapped. The flag was thrown. And I'm glad that the NFL, one of their former officials on Football America tonight, and I've seen some statement release. I'm glad that they caught this and they talked about this in real time and say, uh, well, that same call has been called 11 times this year. I was surprised, very surprised with with Patrick Mahomes antics after the game and on the sideline. And I turned to AC last night and said, hey, you know what? He ain't, this ain't about the refs. This is, he finally exploded over his receivers. 
That's who he was really angry with. But he but but Patrick is generally a nice guy. And he's generally a guy that's not going to throw his teammates under the bus. What did he say last week? When there was that pass that was dropped that could have won the game that would have won and he dropped it. What did Patrick Mahomes say in the press? Well, you know, technically I could have threw it out there a little bit better, a little bit closer. He's never done it. That was the boiling point yesterday because it's the same guy. It's one of the same dudes, Kadarius Tony. which until I totally forgot they gave up a third-round pick for him until I've heard everybody talk about it. And I forgot the Giants. He's a former first-round pick. The Giants said kick rocks. And do you know how hard it is to move on from a first-round pick, let alone if it's a receiver? Do you know how many chances that you got to give a guy before you really say, hey, you got to go? There was red flags with this guy. But you know what? Kansas City, they were desperate. So they had to sit there and go ahead and say, hey, we'll take him. I brought up things that I was noticing about this team in the offseason, but I was told that I was a hater, that I was hating because they're the Chiefs. No, man, it's because I've watched sports all my life, and I know what money and fame and being comfortable and fat on the hall can do. And when you get successful, everybody's got their own agenda. And I told you all I was not worried about Patrick, and I wasn't worried about Andy Reid. It was the other guys around him. It's it, This is a bros and Joe situation with Kansas City more than anything. But also, I knew it by every time you look on TV, it's Andy, it's Patrick. You look at all this, you the, the situation with Travis. You know, I'm talking about maybe, you know, retiring. I should. I'm doing a podcast with my brother. Then I'm dating, uh, you know, uh, Taylor Swift. They didn't have the amount of focus going into this season to defend the title like they have in the past. They were hungry last year because everybody was writing them off with basically the Tyreek Hill thing. And I've been telling y'all for months, I think we were a season ahead of ourselves with the Tyreek Hill. Because honestly, right now, they don't even have a number two receiver on their team, let alone a true one. They don't even have a number two. And it's showing Joe Montana needed receivers. Tom Brady left New England because he didn't have no, none of his receivers to get separation. And we haven't seen nobody play the quarterback position at Tom's age as long as he did. He needed receivers. That's why he left New England. Peyton Manning needed Marvin Harrison, Reggie Wayne. Okay. Even in John Elway's heyday, he needed the three amigos, Vance Johnson, guys like that. Patrick ain't no different. I know that the, the media and everybody has gassed everybody up, and I like Patrick, but they have gassed and made, oh, well, just throw anybody with him. No, sir, this is the NFL, and everybody has been studying Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid for years, and the gap is closing, and it's closing, and this is a perfect example. You get what you pay for. You get what you pay for. They thought that this was going to be a game plan. We're going to worry about the offensive line. We're going to make sure that we're going to spend our resources and our capital on the offensive line after they got embarrassed by Tampa Bay a few years ago in the Super Bowl. And then what we're going to do is that since Patrick Mahomes is making this money, we're going to sit there and interchange guys out if we have to every year in that wide receiver position. Well, from the looks of everything, that ain't going to work. They're going to have to spend some capital and some money on a prime receiver. And it's probably going to be a veteran. And I'll just put this out there now. No one's talking about it, but I was sitting there laying last. I said, you know what? 
if I had to get inside of Kansas City's front office and look at how this season's at, because they're not the same team. I've been telling y'all, there's no switch that's coming. There's no 40-point game explosion waiting. There's no 35. Hell, part of me believes the reason why Travis Kelsey threw that ball because he know he can't get in. He can't beat those dudes to get in. He's partially hurt, and, and I've said this for weeks. We're watching the decline of Travis Kelsey, which he's a first-time Hall of Famer. I don't know if I'm going to call him the GOAT. I ain't going there, but he's the first-time ballot Hall of Famer. Who on that offense scares anybody? If you take Travis Kelsey out, they just don't have it in regret, you know, to be able to really beat anybody. They're not winning one-on-one matchups. And that blow up, and first of all, I, I heard his press conference. I was going to have Jones get the audio, but I figured everybody heard it now at Pat Crone. I know one thing. There better be a bill coming from the league office for a fine. I love Patrick, but Patrick undressed the media. He, he threw the whole league. He threw the whole officiating crew and the whole league under the bus. Andy ran by the pile. He kicked two. They better get fined for that because there's a lot of coaches and there's a lot of people, a lot less than their statues got fined. That was, that was beyond more critical of a call that was the right call. And I'm sorry, doesn't the Chiefs have a – don't they have a history of this? Wasn't it a few years back in the AFC Championship game? Was it Clark Jones? Somebody lined up in the neutral zone. I mean, and and and, and called it offsides with a game with that. To me, that's attention. To, that's part of coaching. And Devarius Tony knew that guy knew he was lined up offsides. He knew he was. I mean, go look at it. And for Patrick Mahomes, and I understand, like I said, that was a lash out at the receivers. But you need to be lashing at them and practice instead of trying to save their ass and politic it, call them out. Like, like have them be accountable. I'm finally going to get my wish. I've wanted to see what Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid was going to be able to do in January without sleeping in their own beds. I want to see this team have to go because Tom did it through their run with Bill Belichick. Some of the great teams have had to do it. Go on the road and see if you can get to the Super Bowl when maybe that divisional game or that or that AFC championship game ain't an arrowhead. Patrick is going to have to restructure his contract. He's going to have they're going to have to free up money. And let me tell you something else. Chris Jones is feeling himself, man. I didn't see Chris blow up on, on coaches of quite a bit of the Chris Jones that got that money. The, the defense, people like myself, oh, this is the best defense Andy Reid had since he's been there. Chris Jones sitting over there in the fight arguing with the coach. I, I don't know if it was a line coach or whatever. Chris has an attitude. He has an attitude with the officials. He's feeling himself. They all they they've been smelling they piss for a while, but they don't understand that everybody else is trying to get to them they've gotten comfortable with Patrick Mahomes they think he's the band-aid for everything they don't have a juju on this team anymore and I and juju got exposed after Antonio Brown left for not really even being a true number one that's why I tell you ain't nobody can tell you who the hell's coming out of the AFC for the Super Bowl Miami's got flaws Miami don't have a quality win all season I'm still high on them I know I'm high on Tua I like Coach McDaniel. What quality win they got. And their defense is that everybody in the AFC, whoever gets in that tournament, it's up for grabs. Because Kansas City ain't going to be at home for the AFC championship game. And you know what? It, like I said, they better not sit there and let this manifest. 
Because, see, this is the thing. I love Andy Reid, and I got a lot of respect for him. But my history of studying Andy from afar, I'll go back to Philly. Andy never gets involved into player situation. Like, whatever the chemistry going in the locker room. I saw with Terrell Owens and Donovan McNabb. Andy never got involved with that. If there's something manifesting, Patrick Mahomes' blow up was more about his frustrations building up. Their drops. They've got the most drops by receiver by any other team in the league by far. And on top of that, the other reality of it is, is that, you know, the Travis Kelsey thing is a big factor. But the lack of attention to detail that their receivers, their offense is doing, it, it, it's, it's just amazing. But I'm going to tell you, I was thinking about this last night. I said, you know what? Who's going to be their next target? Because they're going to have to fix. This can't get fixed. Now, this is going to be an offseason situation. But I said, well, the draft, they get spilled. But who's out there that they could possibly go make a trade or maybe make a free agent deal or whatever? And you know who popped in my head? And I really think, I don't know, they probably don't put odds on this. But Go down to Mike Evans in Tampa. I think that's a guy. I, I, my gut tells me he's going to be a guy. It's going to be a veteran guy. They're going to go draft. They'll spend a second round, maybe. I don't know if they'll do a first, maybe, because they'll pick you know later on in the draft. Maybe they spend a first round capital on it, maybe second. The wide receiver situation will be addressed. They had a plan. That plan's not going to work. And another thing is nobody's scared of them no more. They don't have anybody. Tyreek Hill was a matchup out of hell with Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes and a tight end like Travis. That was a cheat code, man. That was the old Contra cheat code. You can go skip straight to Piston Honda and get to Mike Ty Iron Mike Tyson. It was one of those cheat codes. It's gone. So they're going to have to go and dress and spend some cap, but I think they'll get some receiver, but they're going to make a move in a veteran wide receiver, and something tells me it's going to be Mike Evans because they have not been able to come to a new contract in Tampa. Um, it is what it is that's going on with Tampa. They're, they're, they're in flux with the quarterback situation. Baker got a win yesterday in Atlanta. They're still possibly going to win that division, but I think the Mike Evans and Tampa days are over, and that, that to me makes too much sense with Kansas City going to get Mike Evans. They got to do something. And the fact that you're going to sit there and, and like, did Josh Allen come to you at the at the end of the AFC Championship game to shake your hand and say, man, you know what, I, I, this, I couldn't get the ball back. Too bad I couldn't get get a chance to get the ball back. And Patrick going to sit there with the mics. Oh, man, it's one of the worst calls ever. Offensive offsides. No, Patty was the right call, man. He was a little bit too much in his feelings, but direct that to those receivers. Stop making excuses for them when you go in a post game and they drop four. Who's holding them accountable? They better get going, man. Because the team that's sitting one spot behind them, those are just warning shots, man. That's just warning shots. Because I told you, it's those two. It's Andy Reid and Sean that's going to run that division. I don't know who the Chargers is going to get a coach. We would like to think State is going to go. Raiders, the way things are playing out, I doubt it very seriously. Max Crosby can go to Mark Davis and tell him, oh, man, we want Antonio Pierce. I think they're going to be doing a new coach. But it's those two guys. But that it, like, that one gap with his first year with this team, it's going to make it that comfortability of just running that division is going to be interesting to see how they play out as well, too. You got Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, and I, I'm going to put this 1A. You got Andy Reid, then Patrick Mahomes, you're going to have a chance every season.
and their front office. But times are changing and they ain't that team anymore. And I, honestly, I would be surprised at this point. I won't say shocked because at the end of the day, that's a two time Super Bowl champion and MVP and Super Bowl MVP. So I'm not going to be shocked, but I would be surprised if they're representing, if they're making a trip to Las Vegas in February at the AFC. I just don't think they got enough on offensively. And are they running the ball that great? Probably not. I don't, I don't know what the stats are, but it don't seem like they're, they're running the ball that well. 877-37-GRIND. Moving on. The Jacksonville Jaguars go down. Um, Trevor Lawrence did make the start, uh, which I kind of disagreed. Um, he looked he looked okay. Uh, but the story in this, old Joe, old Joe Flacco. Am I going to have to apologize a little bit to Joe Flacco, Joe? Um, look. Cleveland, which I didn't even, you know, they, they had a lot. I saw this a couple of times. Their stats, I didn't know their defense was that much better at home than they are on the road. But their stats defensively, the way they play at home, has been lights out. And I know I came in here last week. I thought that they were kind of leaking some oil defensively, but didn't realize how much good, better their stats are at home. But Joe Flacco, straight off the couch, over 300 yards, two touchdowns. Now he had an interception. But now all of a sudden you're looking at Cleveland, in which they've come out – Explain to this to me, Joe. I don't know if you saw this, but I know that they came out and announced him the starter. Stefanski did the rest of the season, which I think is a no-brainer. But the practice squad situation, um, I want to talk about that when we get back, um, definitely with that. But that's another thing. I mean, Joe, it's been a while, but he's been in a lot of playoff games. I mean, if he gets this young team and this young uh, uh, crew believing – um, that with that defense, that's another team that could make a deep run and still maybe make it to February if they're able to get in. Uh, but we'll see. You listen to the sports grind. Today's show is being presented by Dosecchi's. Get a dose. We are broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark, producing Spin the One and Twos. We'll be back. When life sounds too much like this. It's time to consider more of this. Sometimes a little shift is all you need. A dose of perspective. Dos Equis Lager. Get a dose. Enjoy Dos Equis responsibly. Copyright 2021. Imported by Cervezas Mexicanas, White Plains, New York. Maestro Dobel Tequila was born from 11 generations of tequila-making legacy. It is sourced from a single estate in the volcanic lowlands of Jalisco, Mexico, using the finest 100% blue agave. Double distilled and aged in European white oak barrels, Maestro Dobel's commitment to innovation isn't only to discover new ways of distilling and aging, it's about elevating and crafting a superior tequila that is the essence of mastery. Maestro Dobel is the official tequila of the PGA Tour and an official sponsor of the sports grind. Please drink responsibly. It's time to warm up that scoreboard and get ready to bring home the win with Specs. Specs has you covered with lower prices on all your favorite fan fuel. From craft beer, rare spirits, and world-class wine to chips, dips, and gourmet finer foods. And with same-day delivery when you order online or through the app, Specs is your MVP for the biggest score of the game. 
at Specs. The fun starts here. Here's to you. Cheers to savings. Just because the sun is setting earlier doesn't mean the fun stops sooner. Now is the perfect time to get to Specs and stock up on after-summer savings with fresh new releases in every category. Specs has Texas' largest selection of lower-priced wines, craft cocktail ingredients, and beers that'll have you raising a glass to every sunset. The biggest savings of the season are at Specs. The fun starts here. Whether you're looking for a date night at the Dominion or a light meal while shopping on the weekend, stop by Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion. Just five minutes north of the shopping center, Thai Lao Orchid's Vietnamese options are great for dinner or lunch, serving up staples from curry and noodles to the house special nam and seafood lovers steamed clay pot. They're open weeknights from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. and noon till 9 on Saturdays and noon to 8 on Sundays. That's Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. 